Hello, and welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. This show is going to be a weekly dose of magic to help guide you to living your best life. When you feel good, then success in all areas of your life is easy to achieve. I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. This show will be full of personal development stories and skills to help you take your life to the next level. My guests will be health and wellness experts and amazing spiritual beings, as well as everyday people with stories and lessons to help guide you through the ups and downs and help you get one step closer to living the life of your dreams. I want this podcast to be real and unpolished, full of honesty to show the realness of life. Here's to living your best life with gratitude and love. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and bonus today, you get two of us. It's me and Janet. (laughs) Do I fully need to introduce you now since, let's see, you probably, this has got to be at least your 12th episode. I would think, right? We've been doing it a year now, so... 12 or 13. I feel like everybody who listens knows me because I hear about me from people who know you all the time. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And you're like, and I'm like, oh, I re- you know, I did this or I did that. And you're like, oh, they reached out to me. <laughs> hey, I've said it a million times. Everybody needs a little Janet. Everybody Aww. needs a little Janet in their life, which Aww. is what we're actually going to talk about today. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I know I reached out to you and I was like, hey, let's get an episode in for this month because it is mental health awareness. And I would love to put it out there that it's okay. (laughs) Right. It's okay. I was just actually on a phone call with somebody and they asked me what we were going to be talking about on my podcast. And I said, actually, we're doing mental health awareness. And they then responded with, oh, you mean for the crazy people? And I said, I mean, it was a good friend of mine, right? So it was no offense taken. And I said, oh, well, then if you mean me, then yes. (laughs) And I was like, that right there is why we need to talk about this. Because therapy isn't just for crazy people, right? Right. I even feel bad just saying those words. Right. But even what is a crazy person? Yeah. I mean, if you include the diagnosis of adjustment disorder, which is... Divorce, marriage, death, change of job, moving, graduating, you know, then every single person in the world has, uh, you know, had, has met criteria for a mental health diagnosis. And even if you take that out and you just keep it in terms of anxiety, depression, grief, I know very few people, if any, who have not, not, do not have some kind of touch of insomnia, Right. Check. <laughs> right. So, you know, social anxiety or don't love driving over bridges or get kind of sleepy and down in the, in the winter. Like, you know, eating the idea- disorders. Right. Right. Eating disorder or disordered eating. Right. Anybody who is kind of yo-yo dieted. Right. I mean, OCD. We just. Right. Right. So. And we joke about that. Like people go, oh, that's my OCD. But it shouldn't be something that we joke about, right? Like that. Right. right. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, I just think there's, I think we, we just don't really know what we're talking about. I think when we think about mental health, we think about, um, you know, kind of the more extreme things like psychosis and schizophrenic. Right, catatonic. But, you know, the homeless guy talking. Depression, right. Himself down, walking down the street, yeah. Right, but the truth of the matter is that all of the things that I was talking about, any level of insomnia, any level of weirdness with food, any level of avoidance or procrastination or laziness or anxiety or feeling down or, you know, self-loathing, that, you know, all of that would fit into some kind of criteria for mental health. And in other countries, there is not difference between mental health and physical health, right? It's they're considered one. So if you go to acupuncture, right, or if you go to an Ayurvedic or a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, you know, they're checking, you know, if they see that there's an imbalance in this or if you have this symptom, but that goes with stored anger or grief or worry, and, you know, in our world, we kind of separate all that stuff. But the truth is that in emergency room visits and in primary care doctor, you know, that visits, the vast majority, like 70% of cases that come in are actually a manifestation of some level of anxiety, depression, some kind of mental health versus just a, a physiological, biological concern, right? I mean, certainly, if you're, you know, it's different if you're working in a cancer clinic, but if you're just going in with the people who have the regular aches and pains, you know, aches and pains are a symptom of depression, mm-hmm. right? Stomach aches and headaches are a huge symptom of anxiety and depression. Right, Trouble, IBD, all those stomach disorders. All of those have, you know, an emotional component to them. And I feel like uh, you know, I was kind of hopeful for the this year with COVID that that would kind of help everybody to feel differently about mental health because we all, the whole world, went through this collective traumatic event together, right? Which kind of all helps us to meet the criteria for PTSD. And, you, you know, you can really see just even how all of the unrest in the social unrest and upheaval that has led from all of that, those are all, yes, manifestations of systemic um, ongoing issues. But the timing of them, I think, were in a lot of ways manifestations of the anxiety and depression and emotional distress that we were all feeling having our control taken away and our routines taken away and our contact with humans taken away. And I would hope that we could all think back to that quarantine time and see that no matter how connected we are, no matter how strong we are, how hardworking we are, or how much money that we have in our bank, that external factors can impact us and kind of bring us down to a degree. Can, you know, that if you're used to going somewhere every single morning and seeing people every single day, and all of a sudden you can't do that, that that has an impact on your overall well-being and that that may make you feel depressed or anxious or uncomfortable. And if you're an introvert and you're used to your family leaving the house every day and having space and time, and all of a sudden you don't have a moment to yourself for months 
at a time with no preparation or planning, that's going to have an effect on your emotional well-being. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or that you're weaker than the person next to you or that you're crazy or that you didn't try hard enough. It just means that we all have susceptibility to having times that are emotionally harder than others. And that the more we're able to accept that in ourselves and others and not judge it or shame it, then the more we're able to reach out and get the help that we need. And then we can just walk through it and learn to manage it and use that as a tool to get better in life rather than saying, oh my gosh, I should be able, I should pull myself up by my bootstraps. I shouldn't be, I sh-, you know, all those things. And so then you can't go talk to a therapist or you can't talk to your doctor about it because that's shameful. I, sh- I shouldn't be feeling those things. And then you just get worse and worse and worse and you're yelling at your spouse or you're crying all the time or you're, you know, angry at Publix because the line's long. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Restricting your food, can't sleep at night, getting stomach aches. All of these things are just manifestations of, you know, of, of emotional issues that we all have that every single person has. Every single person has feelings all day long, some of which feel good and some of which don't. And very few of us have been taught how to communicate and cope with the feelings and with cope with difficult feelings, communicate our needs and be a happy person. Right. I know it's sad. And, and I was thinking, you know, like I even reached out to you during COVID and said, Oh my gosh, Janet, I'm so afraid that I'm going to get back to that place where I didn't want to leave my house. And I was afraid to go places And like, I I reached out to you and I, you know, I'm this, you know, person that's positive and motivating and all the stuff, you know, coach Nicole and uh, I reached out to you. Right. Because you, um, that's like the perfect example of what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. And that you have an awareness that mental health is a thing, right? And that mental health is fragile and needs to be cared for and practiced and, you know, and protected. And so that when you, and that you prioritize that so that then when the quarantine happens and you see things shifting, you realize that that could have an impact on you and you're not ashamed of it. That allows you to reach out to a person who can actually help you to prevent that versus if you hadn't had that experience before, or even, you know, I, I feel like, oftentimes therapists ourselves and coaches ourselves or people who've done a lot of therapy, we can get really sort of stuck in that trap of we should be better. We should mm-hmm. know, but we, we don't get to have mental health struggles or, you know, emotional problems because we, sh- you know what I mean? We do the work, but I even got the, you're a coach and you're single the other day. Well, <sighs> you're a coach. Why are you single? <laughs> what? That's a weird question, Right. Yeah, right. Because, you know, because if you're a coach, like you you should, everything in your life should be absolutely like perfect. And that assuming that being single is bad, right? And that the goal is to be not single. But the goal isn't to be perfect, right? That the goal is to be honest and vulnerable and willing to ask for help and to prioritize yourself. And so you were able to reach out because you weren't shaming yourself. You were saying, yeah. Mental health is important. And if I don't 
do what I need to do to take care of it, uh, you know, I could lose it. And so I'm, I would rather reach out and get the help for it. Just like if your tooth was hurting, you would go to the dentist. Right. I know. Like that's my most important to me is my mental. Right. My mental don't have any health. Yes. <laughs> and you know that, you know that, um, where I feel like a lot of people, you know, will go to the dentist when their tooth hurts, but they're not going to go call a therapist, right? Ooh, yeah, that's right. bad. That's bad. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah. Ask my doctor for something to help me with anxiety. Yeah. What do you mean? That, you know, which of course I dig in deep. I want to get my mental mind, body, and soul, right? All working together. <laughs> but I work on my emotional fitness every single day. <laughs> you, you know. You're so good. You're so <laughs> Which is, so I was telling you, we always chat, I always chat before the call, but I was telling you, I was like, gosh, ironically, I knew we had this scheduled and we were going to talk about mental health awareness. And I saw this quote that says, remember that your mental health is a priority. Your inner peace is essential and your self-care is a necessity. And I was like, oh man, people. (laughs) Perfect timing. Mental health is a priority. Period. Like, you know? Right. Yeah, the priority to some extent. Right? Yeah, I know. It's like, get me started or don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, when I came to you, I was having anxiety. I was having insomnia. I was panic attacks. I was having heart palpitations. My hair was falling out. I was eating stomach. poorly. Yeah, stomach. Oh, my stomach was a disaster. My skin. You name it, I had it. And then you then explained to me. I don't want to say you, you diagnosed me with the PTSD, but you explained to me, <laughs> you labeled me, Janet, that I was having PTSD, into which made me go, oh, I can't have PTSD. I'm not in the military. I'm not. Yeah. You know, on the front lines, I don't do any of that. I'm not a firefighter. I'm not. So you helped me to see that it's okay to say, guess what? I did have PTSD. Yeah. And guess what? You can work. You can do the work. Right. Right. You can, you can overcome or live, you know, learn to live with and manage. Ah, that's it. That's it. Oh, that's when I fell in love with you, Janet, when you told me that. (laughs) Regardless, you know, you can't, you can't take things away, right? You can't pretend that they didn't happen and they won't go away, but you can turn them into a positive or you can make meaning out of them, right? You can really make meaning out of them, choose for them to be the event, the unfortunate event, but still the event that changed your life for the positive, right? right? Or not, right? But you, you do have, you have the ability to make that choice. But you have to allow yourself to, A, have feelings and emotions, and B, need help with them. Yeah, for instance, like, and, and you probably, I know, because I've probably said it to you over the years, but it's like, oh, Janet, you're a therapist, you're a coach. Oh, Nicole, you're a coach. You shouldn't be depressed. You shouldn't right. have anxiety. You shouldn't be angry. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't be that. But I still have all the emotions. I just attack them, mm-hmm. attack them. I had to attack them this morning. I don't know if you saw my live, but my morning was 
tousled around a bit. And, you know, I don't like to start working until 10 a.m. That doesn't mean I'm sleeping till 9.45. It's just, I don't like to engage in stuff. You know, I like to get my workout in. I like to prime my- Taking care of your mental health. Well, I didn't this morning. I did the phone call thing. Mm-hmm. And then I had, then I was like up on my computer at 845 this morning. And I'm like, Ugh! and I'm yelling at my dog. And I'm just like, I yeah. haven't done a live. I, I need to go to the gym, but now I can't. <laughs> like it yeah. was just coming at me. And I said, boom, I went immediately and got on a live because I, in my Facebook group, you know, I want to be real. So I was really unraveling. And I said, I need to prime myself. And then I did, because if I would have went into my day, today's been like crazy, crazy, busy in a good way, but busy. And if I would have went into this in that negative state, yeah, my whole day would have been off and I don't have bad days. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I had to, I had to attack the monster right at the beginning and not let it, you know, grow Yeah, because you've learned the importance of mental health and and the, also the fragility of it. And you've learned the awareness and then the tools of what to do when your awareness shows you that you're not doing as well as you could, you're not feeling as well as you could, or something a little bit off, you have your whole toolbox full mm. of tools to manage the mental health and to be able to, to live alongside, you know, difficult feelings and difficult days. And, you know, you've given me the advice to pass on to others before where when you're in a difficult situation, no matter what it is, right. My difficult situation may not seem difficult to someone else where someone else is difficult. I'm just like, what? I didn't, but whatever it is where you have said, you can't do it alone. We think we can do it alone, but we can't do it alone. I would never be here today on a podcast called Believe It, Achieve It, talking to you if I didn't reach out. I tried to do it two years alone, really my whole life, but two years serious depression and I reached out and it's so important. And I I just want people to know that it's okay to reach out. I think that's so important. And I think that's one of those ideas sort of similar to self-care that gets really minimized, the importance of support of others, that importance of interconnectedness that I think so many of us in this culture especially have the belief that it's weak to need others, that we should be able to handle everything alone. And I would hope that last March really taught us some awareness and humility that we're not wired. Like we're not, we, we, we can't go at home alone. We literally can't go it alone that anybody who has any level of success in the world, whether it's career success or emotional success, that there's a team around them that they rely on and reach out to, to for everything, right. To be able to reach the success that they have. And that if you don't, if you force yourself into this box of, I can't let anybody know, or I don't want to be a burden on anyone else, or nobody would understand, or nobody cares, or it's weak to ask for help, that there's just no way you're going to have good mental health because we are hardwired 
to function interdependently. Mm -hmm. And society, you know, I mean, that's just what we're taught. And who, you know, it's like, and coaching school, we learned like truth and true. Like what's really true? Is that really true? Like why? Because, right. Right. Well, I mean, the species, if it wasn't for interconnectedness, the species would die, right? Like Mm -hmm. we... We need others. We need others for every for everything. Babies, you know, that can be fed and safe and clothed and take and you know good and you know good temperature and all that. But if somebody is not looking in their eyes and touching them and talking to them and engaging with them, they'll they'll fail to thrive. And they fail to thrive. Yes, I've heard that a lot from because they don't have that because they don't have the connection. Like connection is a is a human need for survival. For survival so it's a shame that we do this thing that that asking for help is is weak because asking for help is strong especially in our culture where it shames you for asking for help that asking for help is the strongest thing you could do being vulnerable is the strongest thing you could do pretending that you're fine and not asking for help and just being all protective of yourself and like oh no i'm perfect that's not a strong thing to do at all right that's the actual act of fear or weakness that's right? Versus the, the being willing to say, I don't have it. Right. And I want to do the work because the work's hard. Yeah. I need help. Right. I need help and I'm, I'll do whatever it takes. Because we've all heard it, right? Check in on your strong friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was that strong friend. I was always, oh, it's fine. 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 And it wasn't fine at all. Right. But the the easy thing for me to do was to not address it. Sure. Until I hit the wall. Yeah. Play out, right? To just stay in your comfort zone of, I don't need any help. I've got it all handled. I don't have any feelings. I don't have any problems. Everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. The harder work, look at yourself and say, you know, when I have couples in the office, it's very easy for them both to come in and blame the other person. Like come in and say, well, what's, you know, tell me about your marriage. And they tell me all the things that's wrong with their spouse. Mm. That's really easy to do, right? It's much harder to say, well, you know, we're struggling because I have a hard time doing this because I have a tendency to do this because I have this pattern because I have this fear because I have this trigger that takes, that's hard. But, oh, but the, the beauty on the other side of surrendering. Right. Work, yeah. Right. But the, right. Absolutely. It's hard, but it's certainly worth it. Cause the, you know, the reward on the other side is just, you know, is true intimacy and true self-love and true mm. and uh, everything that we're looking for. And it's okay. It's okay to say I have a therapist. It's totally yeah. okay to say I have a coach. It's like, you know, right. coaching is, and that gets that word too, you know, but every successful person, really, if you go back and look at it, has a coach. Or, athlete. Or, right. Yeah. Like you can be the best athlete in the world, but not have a coach, you know, like it's like, and Hey, I had you, my therapist, <laughs> and then you, then my coach, and then you, my friend. But, and you know, it's also who you surround yourself with, you become, right? Um, but I also went after I got my first coach, I was like, oh, this stuff may make sense, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be nearly 
as far as I have come, does that even make sense? I wouldn't have come this far, this far, or I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't had therapist and a coach and the right friends leading me in the right direction. And none of us would, right? None of us would. And anybody who really is truly successful can tell you about all the people who you know, who supported them and mentored them along the way. I wish that everybody could have a therapist. I think really everybody needs a therapist. It doesn't mean that you have to go every single week. And, you know, I think there is this sort of misnomer that you go into therapy and you like lie on the couch and you just, re, you know, rehash the past and you blame everybody else and negative, negative. And I suppose the therapy probably was that way a very long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really, m- most therapists are not doing, most therapists are very sort of solution focused, cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT, all these different, very kind of mindfulness based, solution based, short term. Right. Right. Short term in the present. You know, yes, everything goes back to the past and we have to, you know, touch on that a little bit. But you don't have to come in and, you know, once a week, twice a week for six months, just, you know, going over every single disappointment in your life from your first memory to get to that. You can come in, look, this is where I'm stuck at work. This is where I'm stuck in my relationship. And I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. And I need some help with it. And, you know, you can walk up after one session with tangible tools that are going to make it a difference, that are going to make the next day a better day. And then make the next communication a more successful communication. And it's going to help you parent your kids and be with your spouse that very night, you know? And that's, why wouldn't we want that? (laughs) Well, you know, I think that, (laughs) right? Because then you become a better version of yourself, which then turns down to everybody around you. Right, right. And just, I don't know. I mean, I got into this because I just didn't know. I didn't know how to be a person. I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to manage my emotions. I didn't know, you know, life just seemed so overwhelming and confusing. I'd never hadn't sort of had never gotten the rule book. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find, right. And so I decided to become a therapist to study the rule book. Right. And because who wants to run, because there are solutions for all of these things, right. There are skills and science and tools and strategies and methods that make life easier and better and more successful on every single level. So why wouldn't everybody want that? You know, <laughs> why, why would you want to struggle the hard way alone and repeating painful patterns when somebody could just in an hour or a handful of hours help you reframe things, shift things, let go of things, create, install new things, learn new things that makes you happier, sleep better, feel physically better, happier in relationships, a better spouse, a better coworker, a better boss, a better parent, a better child. Happy anxiety. You know, I hear so many people, Janet, I know you have as well, but it's like, oh, I have anxiety and they've had it for 10, 20 years, crippling anxiety, but Ah. they don't do the work to, you know, I had anxiety. Yeah, me too. Perk up every now and again, every now and again. But I guess what? I reach out to the right, I reach out to you. I reach out to the right people. But it's like, why suffer with it, right? Anxiety shouldn't be something that we suffer with. Right, no, right. Get All to the, the reason why you have the anxiety. Do the work, do the, get the tools 
<laughs> from Janet. <laughs> and work through it. Right to, right, to manage them, to overcome them, to release them, to fit, you know, to fix it. Absolutely. All, you know, there's really nothing that anybody struggles with or suffers from that cannot be at least significantly reduced. Well, I always was like looking for like the bad thing to happen, right? Like lightning's going to strike me or the tree's going to, whatever. And I remember right. I was at my doctor's office. I was having panic attacks, weird. And I was like telling my doctor, I was like, God, I feel like my heart beats in my throat. Like it's the weirdest thing. And he was like, let's do an EKG. Let's just check on, just check. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. EKG, I don't even know what that is, but fine. And so they're hooking me up to all the little monitors, right? And he comes back in. He goes, well, you passed that test. I go, well, that was the first test I've ever passed. <laughs> but I said to him, I said, oh my gosh, I was laying here thinking, I'm so glad it's not storming because if it was storming and the building got struck by lightning, I would have been electrocuted. And he went, what in this world? And he goes, you really think that way? I said, that's not normal. And he was like, no. <laughs> and that might've been when I dug in deep to, to see you doing the work, but I was like, no, like I literally, like, that's how I lived constantly right. thinking. And I know there's so many people that are listening now and going, oh my gosh, I'm the same way. Or I right. was the same way. Right. Oh, right. Imagine? I was laying in there in fear that I was going to be electrocuted. Yeah, because your brain, you know, you, your brain and your nervous system was hardwired towards the hypervigilance, right? Towards just constantly scanning for every possible danger to prepare for that because your brain thinks that that's going to protect you and that's going to make you happier. When the truth is your brain doesn't need to protect you to every one in 10 million chance of risk, you know what I mean? But, but when your brain gets kind of wired that way, some of it's biological and some of it is environmental, then, then when you're bra- you, you, you will respond, you will react unconsciously from the hardwiring in your brain. And that's what therapy does is it rewires your brain, your nervous system, so that then you start to unconsciously respond from a peaceful place and a hopeful place and a, a place of feeling safe rather than afraid. Mm. <laughs> right? right. I mean, if you could choose living every morning feeling safe versus feeling scared, you know, I think we're going to choose to be safe and stressed and panicked and got it, got it, got it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And and when that happens to me, it happens to me very rarely because I recognize it and I stop it immediately. But I was like, you know, when I get that way, like this morning, it's like, oh, imagine yeah. I lived my life like that. Every day. Right. Every day. And so many people do. So you guys, if you're listening, pass this on to your friends that you, that, yeah. hey, uh-huh. one of the best things you could do right now is to say, hey, Steve, hey, you know, Jessica, hey, whoever, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, whoever it is, you should check out this episode. This is the one that it's okay. Ask for help, reach out and don't live. Right. You don't have to, right. You don't have to that way. And don't have the stigma that it's mental, like even saying mental health awareness, like. Right. But just think about it. I mean, we don't feel stigma around physical health, right? We're not like embarrassed to go and 
you know, get our, our cholesterol and blood pressure checked, right? So that one little word shift from physical to mental, maybe if you say emotional health, emotional well-being, it just, you know, it's just, if your mental health is not good, nothing's good. Then it trickles down to the physical. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're on 18 different medications and you can barely get out of bed, right? Oh, yeah. And, and thinking that it's not mental, right? Then you're thinking it's physical. Right, right. Oh, I know. And so many healing things that I have done, right? And we all know I'll, I'll go for the, the holistic woo-woo stuff, right? And it's all like related to a lot of chronic pain is mental is, you know, and, and I'm sure that's where I would have been if I didn't correct it 10 years ago. Yeah. Or start to correct, correct it really eight years ago, really start digging into doing the work because my body was already breaking down. I had Mm -hmm. a stress fracture in my hip. My hair was falling out. I had bad skin, bad stomach. I mean, you name it. I wasn't sleeping, which I still, I'm always working on that sleeping thing and it doesn't happen overnight. Right. But I'm pretty sure my body, it was starting to break down already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, you know, and there's no perfection life, you know, there's no end point like therapy and sort of the path to health and mental health is not, it's not like college, you know, Mm. or go and then you get the degree and you just are done for the rest of your life. It's like, it's like going to the gym, you know, Mm. you have to have to keep doing it consistently every time. And that there are times when you have to do more of it. And there are times you could probably do less of it. And all the time, the more you do, the better you're going to feel. And the less you do, the less you're going to feel. And if you stop doing it in very short order, you lose Mm -hmm. all the benefits of the training, right? Like, Like the brain training, the nervous system training that you did, if you don't consistently do the self-care and do the work to maintain your mental health, just like you would maintain your physical health. If you stop going to the gym for a month, when you go back, it's like starting from scratch, Mm -hmm. right? That's the same thing with mental health. But I think we need to make that shift around that, that it isn't like, oh, I read this book, you know what I mean? Or I went to therapy 30 years ago or whatever. And so I should be, so I should never have any problems again. And I should be able to now take my mental health for granted, right? It's, it's not that you didn't just get the diploma and now you're just fixed. (laughs) It's, you know, you have to practice your emotional self-care as you know, every day. I do it every every day. (laughs) And if I don't, I can certainly tell. So (laughs) it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Janet. I so, so, so was looking forward to doing this and really just getting this out there to not have that stigma that mental health is bad. Ooh, Ah. bad. You know, mental health is not just the schizophrenic. Right. This person. Yeah. And that talking a therapist to a therapist or a coach is just like this. Yes. I've never laid on your couch. It really is. It really is is just like this. It isn't, um, it isn't something sort of mysterious and off-putting and formal and all, you know, it really is just like talking to a friend who has more perspective and expertise. And doesn't just agree with you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. Sometimes I'm like, Ooh, 
that was hard, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> well, you know, I love you like crazy. And I thank you so much for helping me become the person that I am today because I finally had had enough and knew it was time for me to reach out and say, I need to work on my mental health. Yeah, but then you did. And you <laughs> all the rewards that you reap are because you do the work every single day. Every day, right? Every- <laughs> As I love to say, you know, I close it off always with make it an awesome, awesome, awesome day. You guys know where to find us. Reach out to Janet, reach out to me, you know, direct message, Facebook, Instagram, and all. And we will chat again next month. Who knows what we'll be talking about then, right, Janet? (laughs) Have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Nicole, for having me. Always a pleasure, Janet. Always a pleasure. All right, you guys, go make it an awesome day. Much, much love. Thank you for listening to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I hope you enjoyed the episode and please feel free to share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me, please send me an email at coachnicolewindley at gmail.com and have an awesome day.